Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Maniba of the Burgundy and Gold Report. How are you doing, Adam? Good, man. How's it going? Not too bad. Hanging in there, man. I mean, it's like getting hot, and it's getting close to the middle of the summer. We're creeping in about a month away from preseason. What is there not to like, right? I mean, we're getting close, man. I'm getting, I'm getting psyched. Aren't you psyched? Yeah, well, you can definitely see on social media it's getting a little louder. You know, talking about training camps on the horizon. Right. You know, definitely, I think, you know, <clears throat> everyone's ready to just, you know, I think people are ready this time of year, this time last year. You know, there's a lot of, like, unknown out there, but I think now people are trying to fast forward right now to the end of July because they just want to get to training camp. They want to see what's going on. We have three preseason games instead of four. So it'll be really interesting. A lot of the uh, a lot of the battles that are going on in camp. So uh, yeah, no, definitely, no doubt. You know, a lot of excitement. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we're going to talk about the NFC South today. And actually, just speaking of the NFC South, you know, they include some of my favorite bad guys. And of course, my favorite bad guy of all time, Tom Brady of the, Tom, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, obviously, one of the biggest bad guys of all NFL. Unless, of course, you are a New England Patriots fan or a current Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Or Giselle, I guess. You know, any of those qualify as being probably a big fan. Let me ask you this question, because we're going to be doing the, the rundown. Like, we've been doing all this entire uh, last month and a half now, a rundown of each division, rundown of NFC right. South here. And, of course, a rundown is a reference to The Office, a show that we both like very much. i got to ask you this question. Talking about bad guys, who's your favorite bad guy from The Office? Now, now I'm going to tell you this up front, because I, I looked into this. And apparently, according to people who love The Office, it's a tie between Pam and Andy. That's, that's you know, don't feel like you have to pick Pam or Andy, but what, who's your favorite bad guy? Who's the biggest bad guy out of The Office for you? That, that's surprising, because I would say, as far as the characters, you know, Pam, her whole character changed later on. So, you know, I would say that was definitely a, a still character line that I didn't like. I think she became less yeah. likable as far as... Yep. Now she was part of the sales team and all that, which was cool, but her whole whole attitude changed. So, And Andy Bernard, you know, him being promoted, that was kind of lame, but I was kind of confused. <laughs> I would think Angela, out of everybody, I would Angela. say Angela would be you know, the biggest guy. villain. You know, the, the, the episode when she goes home and they have her on the on the nanny cams licking her own cat, that's classic, bro. <laughs> that is very villain-esque, isn't it? It's kind of like a Dr. No, right? With the cat kind of right. on, the, on the big chair, she's licking her cat. I, I, I get it. I get it. But, you know, the reason why people talk about Pam and Andy, of course, Pam and, and the entire thing with, uh, you know, the, the other thing was like making Jim come back to uh, Brandon and, and crushing his dreams and also crushing their ability to make all this great money with him working with all these superstars in, in sports. Everybody thought that was kind of rough. And she was also kind of mean to certain people throughout. Like she brought license to the office. Remember that one time? And she didn't tell anybody. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so there's some bad things. And, and Andy, of course, I mean, he took that big sailing trip where he left everybody behind and they had to manage the office right. for three months without him. Not, obviously not cool. And, the, and then, of course, the infamous punch the wall 
sequence. Um, of course, that probably was more Jim's fault. <laughs> I'm sure, than I'm sure a lot of the, the watchers from Cornell really weren't appreciating the, the whole <laughs> making him look like the, the stupidest guy in the office, for sure. I, I agree. I agree. Reflection on Cornell, not 100% positive. Okay, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the NFC South 2021 rundown. We're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, and, as usual, fantasy football draft targets in the NFC South, and of course, we're going to start with a little bit of Washington football team update because there's some talk on Twitter, and we're going to get that right now. All right, so there's lots of talk, and I'd love to get, I want to get the update from the Washington football team as we usually do every week, but I do want to focus a little bit on some of the some of the notes from the president of the Washington football team talking about the name and the identity of the Washington football team. Now, to me, being an outsider looking in, I actually kind of like the Washington football team. It sounds cool. It sounds kind of classic, sort of like Premier League, you know, stuff like overseas. Uh, You know, Washington, FT is like, you know, football club, this football team. So I kind of like it. But I understand that having a mascot is kind of important in terms of team identity. Then the discussion, of course, kind of went around a different couple of different places, but ended up uh, the takeaway being they're not going to be the Warriors. That's definitely off the table. So let me get your thoughts on this. I know you've been chattering with others around the uh, industry and others who are fans of the Washington football team about this talk and what it really means. What are your thoughts on this? Um, well, you know, what Jason Wright had to say, because he's doing a weekly pr- briefing, which, which I appreciate as, as a Washington fan, you know, we had Bruce Allen in charge before at that, that position and he was a dummy. He would just come out with his little one-liners, little silly things. But, you know, Jason Wright, you know, I, I think the best is just to quote the article. Um, in the sum of the engagement demonstrate us to consensus that moving forward with no ties to Native American imagery is the right path. I'm personally and deeply grateful to Native American community leaders who engage with us sharing painful, raw, and real stories that persist uh, to this day. Their stories affirmed our decision to move in a new direction and the creation of our new name, Identity. We are proudly forging ahead in this journey with a promise to our community, a promise to continue to be inclusive in our process and collaborative with our fans. Uh, so prior to that, it was the Warriors are out that, you know, based on their research and their think tanks that that was too close. But, you know, I have to mm. say I, I'm also a co-host on Sidelines Washington with Rio, mm-hmm. uh, Rio Robinson, which he's actually one of the fan ambassadors, which is a program that the Washington football team has done this year with a couple. Um, they actually selected in a contest a couple of the podcast hosts and, and actually people from all over the realms of the fans. Um, but they actually allowed them to come in and be part of their discussion. And, you know, one thing, you know, he's not telling us anything, you know, believe it or not, they even signed non-disclosure agreements. So they can't wow. even talk about it. Even though he's my buddy, you know, we're on the right. uh, weekly show together. He's still like, listen, we're cool, whatever. But that's one thing I can't go. But one thing has been consistent. Um, the idea of Wolf, Wolf Pack has continually come up. Um, it mm-hmm. came up in little, you know, people have looked for clues. Apparently people that have been a part of all of this have said, they're looking for something that the fans have embraced. And if you've been a part of Washington Twitter, you'd see the Red Wolves were like the big name because everyone said, we'll keep it red, this, red, that. It was mm-hmm. pretty much shot down not that long ago that the red would be out. But from everything that I'm hearing, it's just, again, my gut and, you know, everybody I talk to, and these are people that are connected to the team, doing charities for the team, you know, uh, people that are connected to the team, that 
it makes sense that they'll go with a team like, I think, Wolfpack. I think in the end, looking at a team like NC State, you know, people are starting to, you know, really go too far thinking, well, that could be connected to the Native Americans. Well, you know, right. <laughs> I think you could start to select any spirit animal and, you know, you could eliminate half the NFL at that point. So I think right. in all likelihood, they will try to settle in on like an animal mascot because I think it's easy, it's marketable. Um, you know, I, I've heard them throw around a couple, you know, terms that would unite the team and the fans, you know, just like the whole idea of the 12th man in Seattle. So to me, I think it's going to be pretty easy. They're, like, they're making a point to distance themselves from the whole Native American imagery, but they've made it clear they're keeping the burgundy and gold. So for now, it's going to be till you know, they're saying the early 2022. My prediction is they're going to time it perfectly close to the draft so they can drop all the merchandise, you know, and make yeah. as much money as possible. Make all the sales. But I, Absolutely. I, as a fan, I, I'm waiting for it because I honestly, since I since they've done this, I had one T-shirt that I just, I, I liked, <laughs> so I got it. But other than that, the gear is just bland, plain, and right. boring. And they right. made it clear, they pretty much made it clear the Washington football team is out. Does that mean they'll call themselves club or something like that? I don't think so. Uh, everyone's saying that it's going to be some kind of mascot they'll be able to rally behind. So okay. I think as long as it's not something relating to the capitals, you know, the capital buildings, I should say, you know, right. people, I, I think I'd be cool with that because I think you can't go wrong if you, you know, choose an animal like, you know, many teams have done for, you know, over the last 90, 100 years in college and uh, professional sports. So yep. to me, yep. I think it's going to be Wolfpack. So hopefully we're talking about this in a few, you know, about a year now and I'm right. Yeah, and you'll be buying like tons and tons of merch with Wolfpack all over it, right? Because that's clearly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, how many people are going to drop uh, lots of dollars on that? I'm sure. Hey, I got to say this though, hearing Wolfpack, that just reminds me of the movie The Hangover. Um, speaking yeah. of a guy who was all Andy Bernard, uh, who also starred in that, the, the Ed Helms also starred in that movie. And you remember that, right? At the end, you know, they're all part of the Wolfpack, so to speak. And remember what the colors were in, in that movie, burgundy and gold were part of the jerseys too. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm oh, just saying. There it is. There it is. Oh my gosh, there's a connection. I, I mean, that classic is movie, amazing. one of my favorite football movies, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, lots and lots to develop there. Obviously, lots of things going on, and we'll see how this all kind of sorts itself out as we go. But some interesting notes there. Anything else you want to update us on the uh, Washington football team before we jump into the NFC South? You know, that that's the news. Everyone, everyone's waiting for camp to begin and to see the wide receiver and the offensive line battle. But for right now, yeah, I think everyone's going to be talking about that up until training camp. We get, you know, in the next <laughs> week, we'll be talking about some of the battles that shape up. But for now, you know, it, it's still about where they're going to go with the name. And as far as the whole, I, you know, we touched on the T- Tanya Snyder situation. Yeah, to me, yeah, it's just, yeah. again, n- nothing to see here. Agreement between right. good old boys. So, you know, just looking forward to more more on the field and, and, and not off the field stuff. So Yeah, most definitely. And we, we're getting close. So who it's gonna just around the corner. Just around the corner. So let's the bell on that. Let's get on to our main event. That's the NFC South twenty twenty one rundown. Talk about main event. Did you see the Conor McGregor fight at all? Oh, uh, just just a, just a couple clips, you know, here and there. But to see what the injury was post fight after I guess it was diagnosed was a broken ankle or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you talk about like Things that you know made me think about Tyson when he hurt his knee, but even that when he did that late in his career was nowhere as bad as you know what Conor McGregor did. But wow, yeah. it, it just Ugh. shows you that you know you you can't defeat Father Time. No, no, and then it's just like oh my gosh. It, I mean, you're right. Looking at it afterwards, I'm like that that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. But I guess it fractured when he first hit him, and then when he turned yeah. to pivot and take the punch, it, it just broke it, which is just that's yeah. just from a guy 
like I let me tell you, I've had a lot of foot injuries for like just stupid stuff, running and just going to the gym, just doing stupid stuff. I won't even tell you what it is because people will make fun of me on Twitter if I tell you all the ways I've hurt my foot. But you know <laughs> that hurts. Just looking at it just makes me cringe. <laughs> just makes me absolutely cringe. But uh, take take it to give it to Conor McGregor to talk about the next fight while he has a broken ankle. All right, so let's talk about the right. NFC South because there's a lot to talk about there. Let's start with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And actually, before we dive into the details, let me just give everybody the odds, because this is what we've been doing here, the odds for each of the teams to win the division. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at minus 190 right now, which is no surprise. They were the reigning Super Bowl champs, so that makes sense. The New Orleans Saints at plus 310. Atlanta Falcons at plus 700. And the Carolina Panthers at a whopping plus 1,200. Oh, my goodness. It reminds me of um, what was that in uh, in the office where like if somebody gives you twelve hundred to one, just take it, you know. Um, <laughs> just take, but anyway, take it every time. Take it every time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what do you? Let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are your thoughts about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the twenty twenty one regular season, and then give us some thoughts about fantasy football. They did the unheard of, which was they pretty much brought back. If I'm not I'm not mistaken, yeah. they brought everybody back. Yep. You know, there was all three agents that contributed somewhat, you know, bringing back even Leonard Fournette. I thought he'd be the odd man out and he'd walk. But, you know, his performance in this offense, I don't think it'll be, you know, a flash in the pan. I think he'll, he's definitely someone to keep your eye on and as far as the running backs. They'll lean on him definitely late in game. So he could definitely be a guy that gets a lot of touchdowns. Um, but, uh-huh. you know, the, the wide receiver crop, you know, Mike Evans, they bring back Antonio Brown. But a guy, you know, I talked about on the show a while back uh, was Jalen Darden going into the draft. This guy was from North Texas. You know, he was second in that nation behind uh, Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia is Devontae Smith who went to Alabama. And they can plug this guy in the slot. So, you know, you have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Goodwin. Now you insert Jalen Darden. So you're deeper receiver. But, man. It's their tight end because I think that they can walk out that 12 personnel or even go even, you know, three, four tight ends if they want to. You know, they have Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, and Cameron Brait. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, one of them would be moved between Howard and Brait, but, you know, it's clear that they wanted to have multiple tight ends. So I think look for a heavy dose of them running the ball. But in the end, you know, Tom Brady, when it comes to, you know, putting up numbers, he's going to be the fantasy stud on the team, as far, you know, who's going to be the big touchdown maker. I think, you know, I'd be nervous to take any of those receivers anywhere near the mid-rounds. And I'm even talking about Mike Evans because yeah. I think that Tom Brady is really going to be dishing the ball around a lot more this year. And I'm not looking for Evans to have 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. I just don't see it this year. I think he'll come close, but I don't think he's going to get it. So, you know, right now, as far as, you know, guys that could get some points for you, some yards, I think Leonard Fournette, I think you could probably get him real late. But Tom Brady, man, he's just going to spread it around. I, I think every game, you know, you know, five, six wide receivers with catches is going to be, you know, pretty common. So, but I, I see no reason that they're not going to be at least in the NFC, cha- NFC championship again. Yeah, I agree with that. And obviously he was a huge upgrade after the Jameis Winston experiment uh, was uh, over. And uh, last year tossed 40 touchdown passes. That's the uh, second highest regular season total since that 07 year where he tossed 50 touchdowns. I mean, that is really Talk about Father Time, he has basically gone absolutely against Father Time. But it really right. just isn't just him. The fact of the matter is that in the four playoff games, 11 players caught at least one touchdown pass. Think about that. 11 <laughs> yeah. different players caught at least one touchdown pass. He is right. really utilizing every outlet he has. So as much as I think Tom Brady is a big villain in my book, you know, kudos to him slotting into that offense and finding that much chemistry with that many different players 
You know, he's not just locking in to one person, right? It's not just Evans. It's not just Godwin. It's not just Gronk. You know, he's moving that ball around. 11 players, Kyle's one touchdown. It's amazing. And their defense, also very impressive. Ben not break, 19.1 points per game during the season. And, um, you know, they had that eight-game winning streak to end the entire uh, end of the year. It's, it's really impressive what they've been able to do. And like you said, they brought everybody back. Um, and they managed to get a couple of additional um, upgrades, maybe. Now, that makes me a little bit worried because they got Giovanni Bernard at running back, which makes all the running backs seem a little bit hazy to me for fantasy football purposes. I just don't know who to rely on. Right. Fournette, I agree, would probably be my first choice because he'll probably get the short yardage stuff and those goal line touchdowns. But I just don't know if I have a lot of confidence now with all those guys there. Um, flipping to the other side, I, I think they do have some key draft picks here that might play a role. Joe Tryon, the defensive end, Robert Hainsey, the yeah. offensive tackle, yeah. obviously can have an impact immediately here, uh, which is all good news. I mean, because they already have something that works. It's amazing to me that they're going to have everybody back here. They're over under, uh, by the way, just so you know, for win percentage is 11.5. You know, I, it's really hard for me to bet against that. You know, it's really hard for me to say they're going to have less than 11 wins, you know, or less than 12 wins. But I you know say. what? You know, but the thing, the thing is, you, you mentioned Tryon exactly because if they, you know, if they miss a beat with Barrett, they deal with injury. You know, he comes in, you know, right away he's going to be a situational guy. But you know, for for me to forget, you know, the main guy that I don't know how I, I didn't mention this is Kyle Trask. You know, to me, yeah. that might be one of the biggest reaches of the draft. And at second, yeah. at the second round, I thought they could have just because the offense is loaded. They've got everything Brady needs. Uh, you know, they've got everything he needs. Offensive line set. Why not add another piece on defense, another chip, another cornerback, another linebacker, safety, something? But they added yeah. Kyle Trask. They could have got that same talent level, you know, on on day three. So if yeah, I agree. They, to me, they have they get an A minus off season just because of that. That's to me when you <laughs> blow a second round pick, you blow it, and that's not to you say he'll never be good. <laughs> right? Yeah, I just Kyle Trask. He just doesn't translate. Like if, I'm sorry, you can't you can't trans you can't uh, start on your high school team. You know, that, that, yeah. that's a little bit of a warning sign. He was in the right yeah. place, right time. If you talk to a lot of people within the SEC, they talked Kyle Trask, although he had pits, he had, you know, some, some talent around him. Um, in the end, his game is not going to transfer in the end. So I, I yeah. think that if yeah. he sticks around for more than a couple years, that'll be a surprise. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, of course, one, one quick note here. I mean, if, if you want to go for somebody really deep on that Tampa Bay offense, because he does spread it, this is, you know, like you said, and I mean, Brady is a good target, um, but he likes to target a lot of people, as I noted. O.J. Howard is going 235th overall. He's tight end 29. So, you know what? Why not? At the end of a draft, some places basically going on draft to pick him up. If, you, if you're trying to match him up with another tight end, you're not really comf- comfortable with the guy you get, O.J. Howard, take him late. All right, let's get on to the next team here because we've got three more teams to talk about. Let's start with the New Orleans Saints. And just as a reminder, the New Orleans Saints are uh, at plus 310 on the money line to be the – NFC South champion. Of course, they've had a lot of changes, one major change. So what are your thoughts about those New Orleans Saints? I, I honestly, I don't think they should be put as one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know what, you know, popping up so high because I think you're having Jameis win. I don't yeah. think either of them is going to do enough. And I think Alvin Kamara is going to be, he's going to have a lot more on his shoulders. And I think he's at his best when he has, you know, a Drew Brees airing it out and has a change-up in Murray or another back. But I think they're going to rely on him to really, you know, probably average 20-plus carries a game because I think 
with those two quarterbacks, they're, they're limited. I don't see how Taysom Hill wins the battle. I think Jameis Winston is his to lose. But, you know, after you have Michael Thomas, what do they have? I'm looking down their roster. Kaiwan Baker's a rookie from South Alabama, 6'1", 210. That's a guy I'm going to keep an eye on because, you know, I love these small school guys. But yep. after Michael Thomas, you know, what do they really have? So I think that this is a bad situation at quarterback. But they really didn't do much in the draft to, you know, upgrade wide receiver because they went no. to Adam Troutman the year before in the draft at tight end. So that was a good piece. But they just didn't do much in this draft. So I think they're asking a lot to be a 500 team this year. So anything more than that to me is a surprise. And as far as fantasy, it, it, it's Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Other than those yeah. guys, I think both those guys are going to get you the points and, you know, definitely grab them because those are, you know, one and two target in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, of course, there's, you know, every, everyone knows that Drew Brees left. But, you know, Jared Cook also left. He was actually a big part of that team, uh, yeah. both as a locker room guy and a target for Drew Brees. So, you know, don't don't discount that. Janoris Jenkins also gone. They did pick up, I think there are a couple key draft picks, um, defensive end Peyton Turner, linebacker Pete Warner, cornerback Paulson Adebo. You know, there's, there's some impact there. But, like you said, they really didn't do much for their offense. And I don't necessarily trust Winston. And I definitely don't trust Taysom Hill. I mean, he's just a wild card, and I don't know. The over-under on their wins is nine. I guess you're taking the under on the nine. I, I you know, I think nine is just about right. So, you know, who knows what's yeah. going to happen there. As for fantasy football, totally agree with you. I mean, obviously, Alvin Kamara is uh, someone you want to get because he's going to get plenty of opportunity there. Michael Thomas, I can see this team being down a lot, so I can see um, if it's Winston, I love it because he's going to air it out like right. nobody's business, and he can bring fantasy value. He's going to throw like you know, as many interceptions as he will <laughs> touchdowns. But uh-huh. I, I love what you, we can get out of him. And, of course, you mentioned uh, Adam Troutman. You know, he's going as tight end 21, 163rd overall. So, you know, I mean, not a lot of competition. So why not? Why not take a, take a shot yeah. at him late in drafts? All right, let's take a look at the next team on the list, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, again, just to remind everybody, they are favored mm-hmm. third at plus 700, plus 700 to win the NFC South. What are your thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I think they're going to be really, really bad this year. They can, they'll be <laughs> lucky to get two, three wins. You know, Kyle Pitts, you know, he, he's a stud, but, you know, now that they, they moved down, they moved on from Julio. So, you know, you have Calvin Ridley as your wide receiver one. He's just not that guy. I like him. I like what he can do in, in, in the short game and intermediate stuff, but, you know, as far as big, big guys, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be playing more receiver than he is tight end. You know, it's a right. Jimmy Graham situation where, you know, what position is he? It's going to be easy with Kyle Pitts. You know, they're going to come up with a new position within the next two years as far as this hybrid weapon thing, but it'll be a, an official position because I think he'll be probably 80%, even in the run game, 80% outside. So you're going to look at Kyle Pitts as the number one target with Ridley as the second. You know, Matt Ryan just doesn't have much going. He's going to be playing on a, on a bad field with a horrible defense. So, man, there's just not much to talk about. I think Kyle Pitts, you know, as a rookie, it could be asking a lot to get, you know, for him to be doing, you know, 1,000 yards, eight, eight, ten touchdowns. But I think it's a realm of possibility because they're just not going to have much else going on offense. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It's really interesting to me. What, what I don't know what they're doing. Is, is it kind of my – I mean, yeah. I love Kyle Pitts. We all love Kyle Pitts. But they really didn't do anything to the rest of the team. I mean, they lost, obviously, Todd Gurley and Edo Smith. And, and that's not a big loss. Todd Gurley is obviously on the downslide here. Edo Smith didn't really show anything in terms of being able to carry the ball uh, by himself. And they brought in Mike Davis 
who had a little bit of a flash uh, filling in for CMC over in uh, Carolina, but is he the real guy? I mean, is he going to be somebody who's going to really impact them? I don't know. I mean, he's going to be the RB1 there. Uh, so if you're going to take a flyer on a running back for the team, um, that's going to be down a lot. Mike Davis, he does catch balls, so that's going to be useful for them. But you're right, you know, no Julio Jones. I mean, it just doesn't feel like a team that has a plan right now. And it just, right. I, I, just I don't have a lot of faith in that. They're over under there for their wins is seven and a half. It just doesn't sound a whole, doesn't sound great. None of it sounds great. Um, I will say this, though, because if you got to take somebody, and, and everyone has to take a kicker, why not Young Hoku, who actually is going 183rd overall? He's a second-ranked kicker coming out of the draft, and he was absolutely phenomenal last year for fantasy points and for our offense. It's going to stall a lot, and and for a kicker who can easily hit 40, 50-yard field goals, hey, if if I'm going to take a scorer on that team, why not the kicker? You know, and you, you, just, get you took it from me. I'm look I'm looking at him right now, looking exactly what he says. Like, if I'm going to take anyone right now besides Pitt, I'm taking him. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's kind of. I mean, I don't want to say it's sad because he's a great kicker, but it's sad because the team doesn't doesn't seem to have a plan here. And like I said, over under a seven and a half wins. I'm going to take the under on that one. I'm assuming you're probably going to take right. the under on that one as well. Yes, definitely. Okay, let's get to the last team there. That is the Carolina Panthers. Okay, well, it's it's going to a lot of turnover there too. So let's talk about that. What are your thoughts about the Carolina Panthers? I think they're the team that's going to surprise this year. You know, Sam Donald has a lot on his shoulders to perform, but just, you know, check this, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, they go out and they draft Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU, one of the most underwater, uh-huh. underrated wide receivers in the country. You yep. know, you think Jefferson out of LSU, you know, there was a lot of people, same speed, a lot of the same ability. So just, you know, keep that in mind. And a guy that I wrote about um, out of South Carolina, Shy Smith, you know, this is another speed, you know, slot burner. The guy at the Senior Bowl just was making people look silly. Darnold has never had a group of wide receivers like this. It's, like, funny because he leaves the Jets and he would have had a, a, an amazing crop yeah. crew out there, too. But <laughs> right. I'd argue I'd argue this is better. You know, I, a lot of people thought Robbie Anderson just was not, you know, he was a flash in the pan. But I said to everyone, I was like, you know, watch him in Carolina with whoever. He's just going to flourish. So, DJ Moore. To me, that guy's on the cusp of just breaking out. You know, I think when he came in, I thought I'd see like a Terry McLaurin kind of rise, but it's just taking him a little longer. Mm-hmm. But I think when you add all those weapons, and, you know, Christian McCaffrey is your number one guy. Yeah. Man, I, I, I can't see how Sam Darnold could fail because I think if they even, you know, Matt Rule, if he has to simplify it, he will to get him comfortable. But once he does, he'll be able to open it up because there's going to be a lot of one-on-ones with the guys I mentioned. And then, you right. know, another guy, we talk about running backs that they've done in the past in Carolina, is have a guy that, you know, that can back up or be a change of pace. And uh, Chupa Hubbard is a guy at Oklahoma State, another guy I previously wrote about, you know, almost 3,500, you know, uh, rushing yards, uh, over 500 receiving yards, 30, uh, 37 touchdowns total. So this is a right. perfect kind of late round change up to add Christian McCaffrey. You know, he had the injury. How much is you know they're going to put him in to go from what everything I'm hearing expect him full go. But they've just addressed. I think you know as far as the offensive line, that's a big question. But as far as weapons, the skill positions, they've addressed everything that they could for Sam Donald. So when you get a quarterback, if you don't surround him with talent, he's got no shot. So for me, yeah. this is Sam Donald's year. If he can't come out and be as far statistically, not perform, but statistically be one of the, in that top 12 to 15 range, he's not long-term in Carolina because these types of weapons, 
they're they're ridiculous. I was just looking at the roster and everybody they picked up, and I think that this is a really dangerous wide receiver group. So, and again, Christian McCaffrey's their leader, and their wide receivers are secondary. So, there's going to be plenty of balls going around for uh, this team. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And of course, you know. And some of the other key draft picks there, cornerback J.C. Horn, everyone knows about him. Offensive tackle Brady Christensen also brought in, I think, also could have immediate impact on that team. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I feel like there is a possibility they may surprise everyone, but I've seen a lot of Sam Darnold play, and I just don't have a lot yeah. of faith right yet. And it could be just misuse, miscoaching. Because, uh, of course, he, you know, he wasn't this bad. I mean, in college, you say that about a lot of players, though, so you just don't know if it's the NFL or if it's the situation and the coaching. Uh, I'm going to say situation and coaching until proven wrong, so I'm with you on this. There's right. going to be potential for surprise here, but I just don't have a lot of faith in it. I do have a lot of faith in Christian McCaffrey, though, if he returns at full health. It's still a little bit mm-hmm. questionable if he'll be full health at the beginning of the season, but I think he will be, and that is, I mean, he's, He's a one-man wrecking machine, right? And if anybody can help a quarterback be successful, it's that guy who can take a screen at a running back position and go to the house from 50 yards right. out, and that's Christian McCaffrey, right? He can, he can always move the sticks, take that pressure off of you, and maybe Sam Darnold won't be seeing ghosts while he's in Carolina. We'll see. Over right. under there, seven and a half. Um, I'm, you know, I, I want to say I'm going to be surprised, but I still feel like I'm taking the under there. Are you taking the, you taking the over on seven and a half? Um, I am because, again, you talk about coaching. I think between coaching and the talent, I, I, I really think Matt Rule can do enough to get this team over 500. So, yeah, I definitely think that they're going to surprise. And, you know, nine, nine, ten wins, I don't – I think some might think that's too high, but I just think that Darnold will, will slowly get more confidence. Yep. Oh, dropped, you off, dropped off there for a second. Oh, no. Sorry. So <laughs> looks like we lost Adam there at the end. But I think he was saying that Sam Darnold is going to get more confident and then he's going to get better at what he's doing. And maybe there's some potential there to get those nine wins. I will say for fantasy football, Terrace Marshall Jr., who Adam mentioned, going at 236 overall. Trouble Hubbard, the running back at 241. Take both. Obviously great values there going essentially undrafted. Uh, two guys that Adam just mentioned. So that is what we have. Let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show. Wow, it always goes so fast. It really does go so fast. And, of course, don't forget to check out Adam Aniba on the burgundyandgoldreport.com. That's the burgundyandgoldreport.com, one of the best sites out there if you are a football fan, not just a Washington football fan, but a football fan. He covers all so much great stuff there. But, of course, if you're a Washington football fan, definitely don't miss it. And, um, you know, it's, it's good content. It's good content. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're still doing our Twitter mock fantasy football draft like we do every year, and it has been going great. And we're on into the second round. We're going into the third round soon. Check it out. We have guys from the Beerfield Fantasy uh, football podcast and both uh, Chris and Dan. Uh, we got Andrew Erickson in there. We got all these guys across the industry, Wole from the urban sports scene, all making picks just for you to help you out with your fantasy football draft. So again, you can follow me at FB garbage time on Twitter. Definitely follow us for more information and all the new articles that we have coming out. And thank you for coming out and listening and for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.